You're listening to Growing in Motherhood, the podcast that inspires mamas to grow, where we talk about the real stuff, not just the good stuff, and share all things parenting and motherhood insight. We are first cousins with 10 kids between the four of us, ranging in age from six years to just six months old. Whether you are currently expecting, have kids of your own, or would like to in the future, this show is for you. Let's get started and grow with us. I'm one of your co-hosts, Leah London, and in this week's episode, we are talking about postpartum depression. Let's dive right in. Thank you, Leah. Hey, everybody. It's Jay or Jaren, and I thought it would be really helpful for us to start off this discussion on postpartum depression or PPD um, with taking a look at our experiences in the postpartum phase emotionally. And so I'm really wondering, you know, emotionally, what was your experience like? What was your roller coaster like? What did you go through? And um, Joya, because you're my sister, I feel like I can pick on you a little bit. And so I'm going to start off by asking you that question. What were your emotional experiences like postpartum? Um, so I feel like I dealt with kind of how my birthing process, how it went in a slightly negative way. Ava came out with a very low APGAR score. She was like a four, unresponsive, needed to be intubated. Um, which they charged me for. <laughs> but um, it started off in a very tumultuous way. And um, at the time, I was living in Baltimore away from family. I had this fear of like, oh, man, what am I going to do now? Now, you know, I'm alone, you know, with, with my baby. And I feel like that, like, social aspects can induce postpartum depression. I didn't have many. I was I had just gotten done with, uh, you know, school. So I didn't have any friends, you know what I mean, in that area. Um, and I relied heavily on my sister and um, my cousin, Erin, who had was in the same boat as, uh, as me. So how did I feel right after? I felt deflated um, and in many ways inadequate, very fearful. Um, my daughter basically would have these choking spells where we'd be driving in the car and I would hear her like basically choking in the back seat, And so I would have to like you know, quickly, you know, get to her or assess her. Um, And it happened for a while. So that added to it as well. And then shortly after that, we transitioned and moved. Um, So all of those kind of like internal and external stressors, I feel like were the catalyst for, um, for my depression in many ways. Thanks for sharing that, Joya. Even, even in us talking after our pregnancies. I don't think I, I realized everything um, that you had gone through. So thank you for sharing. Erin, what was it like for you? For me, I'm thinking back to my uh, mental state after my um, first pregnancy. So of course, you know, you you give birth, you have this this beautiful baby here. I think a lot of what impacts your mental state is what you go through during delivery. For myself, I was in active labor for um, three hours and I had an epidural for that um, delivery. I just remember 
for the whole three hours, just wrenching my legs back to my ears, trying to get in the right position, trying to push and all of this. And, you know, you have an epidural, so you can't really quite feel what it is that you're doing. So you're going based upon uh, the guidance of your, um, your labor and delivery team, right? So I'm pulling back my legs and I'm pushing and I'm pulling back my legs and I'm pushing. So Needless to say, after three hours of that, once my epidural wore off, I had such soreness and just physically, you know, there was a lot of pain that needed to resolve. So there was that. Um, There was still the joy of having my new baby boy. There was, though, a period after that where um, Justice had been circumcised in the hospital. And prior to his circumcision, his um, his demeanor had been just so peaceful and calm. And um, after his circumcision, it seemed like all he did was cry. And granted, that's understandable considering what just happened to him. <laughs> but um, he cried the entire trip home. And Julius and I were just like, oh no, like we literally didn't want to leave the hospital. They low-key had to kick us out like, yo, someone else needs this room. (laughs) Because we were like, he's just, he's still crying. And the nurse came in and was like trying to kindly like gather us up and get us out. She's like, you know, babies cry. Come on, let's go, y'all. So, you know, when we got out and we got home, he cried the whole way home. And um, he ended up actually um, having an infection at his circumcision site, which was, you know, a cause for a lot of irritability and crying, and he was unconsolable. So a lot of that on his part, which in turn, you know, caused us as parents to feel helpless. You don't really know what to do in that situation. He ended up having to, at some point, we took him to the ER for the infection, and we we took him actually twice to the ER, and ended up, he he just had to have a minor procedure to have the, the Plastibel, he had a Plastibel ring for his, for his circumcision, had to have that removed, and then we had to apply antibiotic ointment for a period of time until it healed. But, you know, just, I remember in particular one night, they had given us instructions leaving the hospital Um, But it didn't include anything as far as dosing acetaminophen or Tylenol or anything like that for him. And it was like probably 2 or 3 a.m. Julius was running out to get some Tylenol. You know, we weren't sure exactly what dose to give. It was just a lot. And then your infant's just there screaming and crying. And I, I was in tears and crying myself, just feeling like a helpless parent. So, you know, I think there are so many factors that um, contribute to your state of mind after delivering a baby. Yes, um, uh, psychosocial plays a role. Situational factors play a role. And then, you know, you've still got these hormones circulating in your body. That's all playing a role. I know for me, with uh, my son, I did feel helpless at times. And I think a big piece of it was what he was going through. And he was having a difficult time because of this infection. So, yeah, definitely felt helpless um, overwhelmed at times, felt down. So that, that was the, the one piece that stood out to me. And you know, Aaron, I, I love what you're saying because it really highlights the fact that what, what you experienced made complete sense and is normal, especially in the role of a new mom of an infant who's in pain. And so 
this is a great place to differentiate, you know, normal feelings of hopelessness that might be periodic, right? So it might last for several days or however long that stressor's there. Like that's normal, that's natural, that makes sense. When we think about postpartum depression, that's something that's persistent, that lingers, that regardless of, you know, it could be after the fact and your baby's soothed and is okay, you are still irritable, tired, depressed, crying all the time for reasons that might not make sense feeling, you know, persistent shame, maybe even having trouble bonding with your baby. And so it's important, though, to recognize situations like what you mentioned, Erin, because certainly with prolonged stressors, those are psychosocial factors that can maybe lead us down a road towards PPD if we're not mindful about how we are compassionate towards ourselves and do good self-care and really keep ourselves grounded and healthy. But there is a range of experiences from you know, normative stress responses as a mother to really prolonged depression and depressive symptoms that don't have a real clear context or trigger or um, a situation that might be substantiating it. So I do think it's important for us to differentiate between uh, baby blues and postpartum depression and to distinguish what symptoms are, you know, somewhat expected after pregnancy. It is expected, you know, that you will have mixed emotions, as we, as we mentioned before. You know, there are hormones circulating, there are so many factors, um, depending on how your pregnancy and delivery went, depending on your support structure and, and what your situation is after pregnancy. So it is expected that you will have these mixed emotions. Um, and along with feeling you know, the joy of a new baby, you're gonna have some excitement, you may have some anxiety, you may have some nervousness uh, about you know, how to fill this new role as a mother. And so it is expected that there may be some moments where you feel sad, you feel irritable, you're not getting enough sleep, you know, you're feeling overwhelmed, um, that's to be expected. And so that is what is typically classified as baby blues. And that's very common, about uh, up to 80%, I think is what I saw, of new mothers are affected with baby blues. So typically though, those symptoms should resolve um, within about two weeks time frame. Anything beyond that and leaning to more um, serious symptoms would then fall under the category of postpartum depression. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna yield to Jaren to give further definition on postpartum. Yeah, so um, as you mentioned, baby blues can be quite normal for many moms to experience. They have that cut point for baby blues. It's, oh, two to three weeks after, you should be good. <laughs> it's like, uh, not really. But again, this all happens on a continuum. And so you can think of postpartum depression being on the really right. severe end of the continuum. And even within postpartum depression, there are different ranges of severity. So you can have mild, moderate, or severe postpartum depression. Um, the March of Dimes website has a really nice quick read on postpartum depression versus baby blues so simply google march of dimes ppd versus baby blues and it'll come up for you but they talk about this in a really interesting context which is um, it's almost like for example having a sore throat or feeling dizzy right that when you have those experiences in your body only you feel them no one else can see that you have a sore throat necessarily or can see that you're feeling dizzy. Now, they might see the manifestations of the dizziness. Maybe you stumble. Or maybe you need to sit down and rest your body. Maybe you start talking with a raspy voice and you need a, a cough drop, right? So people can see those things, but they're not the ones having the best insight. 
and you are right so as a new mom you'll know if for example there are changes in your feelings such that you feel depressed most of the day nearly every day for two weeks or more right so we're looking for that depression that persists regardless of any stressors that might come or go um, you know, you might be able to tell if you're feeling shameful or guilty, feeling like a failure. Oftentimes for new moms, it comes up in thoughts of like, I won't be a good mom or I can't manage this child or I don't know what I'm doing. And those thoughts can cause you to, um, excuse me, ruminating on those thoughts can really cause you to move into a deeper feeling of sadness or depression or guilt. And those things really substantiate or uphold one another. Um, if you're feeling scared or panicked a lot of the time or having severe mood swings, those are things to watch out for. Also, um, if you, for example, have changes in the way that you function day to day, that's really what can really tip folks off around you is if, okay, you're feeling tired all of the time, having no energy, having very little interest in doing the things that you used to do. Those are key warning signs. Um, of course, if your eating changes, if your weight changes drastically if you can't sleep or you're sleeping too much those are things to watch out for in terms of functional changes and then the last piece is a really important piece and, and they're twofold so one of them is are you able to have a connection or a bond with your baby right we know that for some women with postpartum depression and that's really only one in seven women. So 15% of women um, in the postpartum phase might move on to experience PPD. But if you're having trouble bonding with your baby, right? And I've had it explained to me, um, I used to work at a mother and infants clinic and during my psychology fellowship, you know, I've heard it described to me like, I don't know this child. This didn't come from my body. It's not mine, you know? And so that's really an extreme way of saying like, well, I, I don't feel bonded at all to this this thing that came from my body, which is their child, right? Um, so that's one piece of it. And then we do want to watch out for thoughts of harm towards yourself and then thoughts of harm towards the towards your baby. And, you know, it's nothing to play play around with. If you notice yourself having these symptoms, there are certain certainly things you can do on your own, but you want to notify your medical providers hmm. um, so that they can help hmm. you in the ways that, are, that might work best for you. Um, and of course, you want to tell the ones who love you, who are around you, what, mm -hmm. you know, people who will be supportive because there is a lot of stigma and, and shaming around this as well. Um, so you want to make sure that you look out for these signs and symptoms. Tell your partner, mm -hmm. tell a caring friend, a loved and trusted one, and then also tell your medical provider so that we can make sure so that they can make sure that they keep you keep you well and healthy because you have another little person depending on you now. So. Do you feel like having a milder case of postpartum depression, um, that it's more likely for it to persist or go kind of under the radar? So, you know, you have a sore throat, right? But we also know that sometimes we can ignore symptoms and push past them, whether it's a sore throat or like a sprained ankle, right? <laughs> um, so yes, I think it's easier for us to talk ourselves out of needing help because we minimize what it is that we're experiencing or we ignore it absolutely, or we avoid giving it further thought. And so um, I don't, you know, 
sometimes people say baby blues and they kind of poo poo it away. It's like, no, baby blues is legit too. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you want to really pay attention to that. And I think as moms, it's like, we've got to learn to honor our experiences and, and this is a big part of it. And so if you know yourself and you know that something's different or you're not rebounding as well as you maybe used to, when it comes to certain stressors or, or even just the stress of having a, a, a new burden, a new child, a new responsibility, pay attention to that and, and really monitor the changes that you're going mm-hmm. through. If you need to whip out a diary and keep track of, okay, well, I've had a lack of appetite now for going on two weeks. I just don't have any interest in eating. I'm not motivated, right? Or I, I'm just not sleeping at all, even when I had the chance to sleep, right? I, I can't concentrate. I'm forgetting things. I can't, right? So just keep track of what you're experiencing. And, um, and, and, and as you are self-aware, then you'll be able to to get around yourself when you try to avoid or deny like the evidence will be there like, okay, I need some help now. I, I need help getting back to a better place of functioning. Yeah, I think that's really important, Jaren. Everything you said, um, but especially what stood out to me is that, you know, as moms, because we, you know, from the moment that baby comes out, you're all in, you don't have an option to not take care of this child. So you know, you go in taking care of this child and you are also maintaining a home. You are also, um, you know, perhaps working. You are also doing all of these things that women do so well, might I add. But so often we do neglect ourselves. So this is not something that you want to just push through and just um, press press on, you know, despite this. This is not one of those things that you can say, hey, you know, this is not about me. I need to take care of my family. Because the truth is, if you're not taking care of yourself, then you can't take care of your family. If you are not well and you are not whole, then you're not going to, to take care of your family as best as you could, as best as you can. Um, so I think that's such a valid point to say, make sure you take the time, especially as a new mom, to um, sit back and reflect and evaluate how am I doing? Um, how am I really feeling? Um, and because of the stigma that comes along with uh, mental health conditions, uh, I think especially in the black community, I think it's important for us to say, you know, stigma be hanged. I need to be whole and well for my child and for my family. So I have to take this time to to reflect and see how I'm really doing. Um, okay. And go to your postpartum follow-ups. Follow up with your um, your medical provider. Take the survey and be honest when they give you that survey. Come on now. Come on, because I know I lied <laughs> on each and every one of mine. Be honest. And I was struggling. That provider, at least be honest with yourself and say, hey, I need to I need to speak to someone um, that can help me. So, yeah, you got to be honest on those surveys, you know, and I remember looking at them like, chick, I'm a clinical psychologist. Don't give me no dumb survey. (laughs) Right. But and and I lied and I lied on Mm. each and every one of them. I lied. Mm. And it's it's for a number of reasons. But um, I don't even think I was honest with my husband. Hmm about it right so I'm I am lifelong have been a high functioning person who experiences depression from time to time and so with that it's easy to fake the funk you know but um my encouragement is just be honest because there is support for you on the other side of that honesty whether you believe it or not there is support and and you'll find folks who might judge you negatively girl keep stepping yeah on and find somebody who will support you legit yes that's all I gotta say 
I was just going to say, you know, as women, we kind of are sensitive to having the appearance of being weak, right? Not only can we not afford it, especially as black women, right? Um, You kind of just push on and push through. And I remember thinking, like, what's wrong with me? Like, I need to just take this on the chin, like, push forward, you know? And I think I was even still in the denial phase of, hey, even if it's, like I said before, even if I'm not having, you know, thoughts of harming myself or my children, I know I'm not, I haven't gotten back to the joyful Joya that I normally am. (laughs) Um, You know, I'm struggling. I'm irritable. I wake up in the morning and I already have this sense of irritability. And it's like, girl, you just opened your eyes, you know? Mm. Um, And it's also this kind of like you said, Aaron, this, this sense of like, and every mom experiences this, right? But I feel like I kind of ruminated on this where it was like, this is just what it is. And tomorrow, mm-hmm. this is what it is. And the day after, <laughs> bro, this is what it is. Mm. Um, you know, while seeing my husband get a chance to go to work and, you know, go to work functions and, you know, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And it, for me, it was, um, like I said, I was in a very lonely place in general and adding to that a new mm-hmm. child. It was, mm-hmm. uh, I struggled. Yeah, But I think there's, um, I don't know if beauty is the right word, <laughs> but... I think there's value in us being able to um, be real about this and to be able to open up and share this. As we talked about in the previous episode, I think that that is um, one of the goals is for us to be able to be real and to create a space where we can share and where other people can, can come and hear our shared experiences and perhaps share their own and grow from them. So I, I think that's beautiful that we're able to share like this. So Leah, I'm curious about you though, because you are a new mom six months in, like what have your, what's your emotional roller coaster been like? And do you, have you felt as if you've had baby blues or what has your emotional experience been like, especially since you are having to care for two babies at the same time? <laughs> yeah. So having twins, it was such a interesting experience. Um, it was something that I don't know how you prepare for it until you're actually there but I remember leaving the hospital very very much on a high right I've just experienced one of the most beautiful things but also to kind of resonate with something that Joya said earlier somewhat um, uh, a little disappointed in some of my birth experience but just taking moment to just be grateful of the place we're in. All of us were healthy. I gave birth to two beautiful children, a boy and a girl, and we were on our way home healthy. And I was very grateful for that. But I vividly remember, I believe it was the third day home and I had a C-section. So my healing, I mean, I literally had surgery. So I was supposed to take you know, certain amount of medications on a certain schedule. I was also trying to initiate the breastfeeding process because I wasn't able to master that while I was still in the hospital with my twins. They were unable to latch. And it just became a, it was very overwhelming. And I remember feeling I probably had overlooked taking the medication I needed to take in the moment. And I remember feeling some of the pain start to creep in and my milk had come in that day so I was swollen and I remember just being hearing babies crying and feeling so 
just overwhelmed and kind of like, wait, is this my life? Like, you know, like it felt like almost like a movie, you know, when, when you're watching a screen and you're seeing all these things kind of come together within the scene. But it was like, no, 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 like this is my real life. Like this is like, this is real. And I just remember just breaking down in tears and my mom who was staying with us uh, for a few weeks after I gave birth she noticed Mm. and I remember you know basically like she kind of like put her hand on my shoulder and kind of pointed in the direction of my bedroom and was like you need to go rest Mm. And she was able to see something. She was able to, able to recognize how overwhelmed that I was, that even I wasn't willing to, or maybe I didn't know, that I would not have been able to keep going at that point. I needed to, mm-hmm. to rest. I was so uncomfortable physically with the changes of my body and trying to recover from the surgery but I was still felt like no but but I'm a new mom I'm supposed to be able to to be fill in the blank for my kids I'm supposed to be able to to go at a speed that I'm used to and the reality was that I I couldn't and that was hard for me because I'm in a place where I'm having other people care for me I'm in a place where like I'm I'm the person that my family sees me as the if anyone can get it done, Leah can get it done. You know, like, if you need something done, you go to Leah. And in that moment, it was, Leah cannot do it. And because it was my kids, this was my experience, I, th- I think that that became even more overwhelming because I felt like I was failing, not myself, but my children who didn't even ask to be here. That was a day that I'll never forget. And... I remember really just having to, you know, you guys had mentioned earlier, just being honest with yourself. And I think that was the first point that I had to kind of step back and just say, I can't do this on my own. I have two babies. And in order for mom to be healthy and whole and for my kids to be healthy and whole, I have to accept the help that's being offered to me and be fair to myself that I'm a new mom. I've literally been a p- new parent for a matter of days. So I can't expect to have it all figured out. And I need to let my body do what it does. And even though that was painful, um, but time is what it's going to take to heal. I'll definitely say too that I, uh, you never know until you don't have sleep, the impact that that can have. But huh, leaving the hospital where you're, you're not really getting sleep. And part of that is excitement. The other part is just everything going on. But that can really mess you up. And I remember people would always say to me, like, oh, sleep while you can, sleep while you can. I was like, the reality is you cannot store up sleep in advance. But that is something that I did not know how to navigate ahead of time. And that really impacted my ability to, um, I guess that added to me being overwhelmed. Um, that added to me being irritated very easily because of mm-hmm. my lack of sleep. And so those were some of the feelings that I had 
coming out of the birth um, and leading into some of those initial days. What I will say is, um, though I don't believe that I experienced true depression and Jaren and jo- uh, Aaron, I did did fill in the questionnaire truthfully at the at the, <laughs> at the doctor's visits. Um, though I didn't feel that I, you know, maybe went all the way to, to that level. Um, I personally very much value my mental health and I make the investment to go see a, um, psychologist on a regular basis. I go once a month and it's, it's, it's an experience I had even prior to getting pregnant. And I will say just based off of the, the crazy year of 2020 and, and shutdown and um, everything, I did fall off that schedule. But through this experience of becoming a new mom, I reminded myself I needed to continue to make sure I was still investing in myself. And I initiated those sessions up again. So it definitely helped to make sense of just all these new mom emotions and just navigating through why I may feel the way that I feel or think the way that I think and just helping to ensure that, um, just helping me be able to navigate all of those thoughts and feelings and just better understand this, uh, this journey that I'm on. So it was definitely, um, a new experience and one that I don't know if I would change. Um, even if I had the chance to, but it was new and that's for sure. Um, but it, it definitely took a lot of, um, like, I'm grateful, I'm grateful that my mom was there in that moment to, to recognize what was happening and, um, to be able to redirect me to just, just be able to take a breather, take a break and, have the reassurance that my kids were being taken care of while I was had that moment to I want to jump in for a second because I don't want to to pass up on what you just expressed and you know you mentioned that you see a psychologist I think um that's amazing and we need to really reduce the stigma in the black community especially for mothers we need to reduce the stigma around getting help so you say you didn't experience postpartum depression probably because of the preventative sort of medicine the good medicine of having been working with the psychologist helping you maybe work differently with your thoughts and feelings so that you're better prepared to handle the tsunami of of motherhood right (laughs) and um, I know I don't have a psychologist personally (laughs) But a good majority of my close friends are psychologists that I went to grad school with and we're close with. And and we have those real conversations. I also talk a lot to my sister and I think that's therapeutic. And so, um, you know, I think I think everyone needs Mm -hmm. that outlet, whether it's through an actual psychologist or a good and trusted friend. Um, You know, you need some kind of outlet where you can express your emotions and be heard and be seen, and then also be challenged to to become more skillful in the areas that you need to be more skillful. And so um, if you're listening out there and you know you're struggling, maybe you're not even at baby blues, right? Maybe you're, you know, maybe you're just having some feelings of maybe some frustration here or there. That's still important. Don't minimize that, right? So you might be there or on the complete opposite end of the spectrum having severe postpartum depression. Right. So wherever you are, 
get help, get help, get help. Um, you know, I'm going to throw in here the airplane analogy. Girl, if the plane is going down, you're supposed to put the mask on your face first. And then you take care of the people around you. So especially if you're a new mother or, if you know, postpartum can hit, depression can hit anywhere within the first year, right? So pay attention, put the mask on yourself and get help, get help, get help, get help. Um, especially if you are having more, the more severe, uh, excuse me, moderate or severe symptoms. Absolutely. And help can look like, you know, um, going to a church new mom meet group. Or I remember with um, with Logan in Boston, the hospital actually had a new mom group. Um, and I think that was kind of their attempt at a preventative measure, you know. Um, and both of those were, I actually attended both of those, one in uh, Baltimore and one in Boston. And <laughs> they were very helpful. And I feel like um, perhaps um, I would have experienced something more severe if I didn't one, have a sister who was a psychologist <laughs> to attend the church group, not just think about it, but like, you know, like it's been stated, put on that mask, stop being in denial, stop thinking too hard, just go. I mean, what what's the harm? Even if you're not experiencing postpartum depression, you can still perhaps meet a new mom friend or, you know, whatever. Yeah. It can still be good to hear the experiences of other women around you. Right, right. You still need a community. You still need that that social support structure, um, regardless of whether you are experiencing postpartum depression or not. You still are going to need that um, that support, um, and that can look like many different things. But yeah, like you said, Joya, you know, for you that group um, was it in Jaren. So you still need that that community, that tribe. Which is why we have this podcast. Amen, amen. <laughs> and I remember um, really quickly in some of my hardest moments, um, Jerome would remind me like, you just need to take it moment by moment, <laughs> day by day. Like, don't worry about next week or month or year or whatever. Just get through this moment, get through this day. And um, just like I tell my, <laughs> my three-year-old, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. You got to take it slow, you know? I remember when I was leaving maternity leave and started working full-time again. And I remember that becoming really frustrated with myself and my at my new pace and not feeling like my busy in this season matched the busy of my previous season, pre-baby, pre-pregnancy. But... I remember just having to just have like a time out and just like come full circle with myself and say, you know what, Leah, we are in the middle of a pandemic. You just gave birth after a high risk pregnancy to twin babies. You were trying to be a full time mom of two, new mom of two, working woman. And the reality is my capacity looks different. My ability to navigate right now is going to look and feel different. But it wasn't until I was honest with myself and kind to myself and be able to say, am I giving my best? Yes. Am, am I able to be a little bit better than perhaps I was yesterday? Yes. Well, then that is going to have to be good enough for today. And that, I think, was 
the turning point for me just to be able to just continue day to day is that compassion and that ability to be kind to myself because there were many days where I wasn't and it just became very, it just, I'm going to hate using the word overwhelming, but that's really what it was. Um, so I almost think that overwhelming kind of like, it's not a strong enough word to describe the feeling, but, um, that compassion and being kind to yourself is going to carry you and it's so necessary. Thanks for listening to Growing in Motherhood. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other mamas just like you find the show. We also encourage you to even tell a friend. And if you would like to connect and continue to grow with us, follow our Instagram page at Growing in Motherhood for daily parenting insight and announcements for upcoming episodes. Until next time, keep on growing.